Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Geeky Dinks. This week we are talking about how to train your dragon. Yes, the story of Hiccup and Toothless. Yes, and the village of Burke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they started off hating dragons and yet right. loved them in the end. Yeah, it's one of those animated movies that DreamWorks came out with that had a message overall mm-hmm. that you really feel for. Don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. they'd, never, they'd never seen a Night Fury before. Right, and their book of dragons all ended with extremely dangerous kill on sight. Right, yeah. So they didn't even have a chance to try to learn anything about them because they would just kill them. Yeah. I mean, from their standpoint, though, if you know that you're Vikings and you have sheep and these dragons come and steal your sheep, at that point, they're nuisances. Yeah. And nuisances must be dealt with accordingly. Right. (laughs) A lot of people can see parallels between the, I guess, older thinking of the village that you just kill it. Right. You don't try to learn much more about it Mm -hmm. other than what's most dangerous about it and then kill it. (laughs) Right. And I think it also, it's in a way kind of a good social commentary as that worked when they were doing it, but it took one person to think differently. Yeah. To change the way things happened for the better. Right. And in the first one, they're very isolated to the outside world. Mm -hmm. Like they're this just little island on a spit of nothing rock. Right. Which makes me wonder first off, how'd they get there? Well, they're Vikings, they're exploring type people, and I guess they were probably pretty hard off when they got there. Oh, true. And they're just kind of like, okay, we're going to stay here. On this giant mountain cliff. Uh But I think they talk more about the geography of the area more there. Mm. I know he explores more in the second one, and he's trying to map the area. Well, no, I guess it kind of makes sense, because when his dad, Stoic, you know, says get to the boats we're gonna go find the dragon's nest they obviously had to have a path from where they were right so that's probably how they got in yeah they had a very limited distance that they could actually travel Mm -hmm. because of the dragon issue yeah true and they just made it their sole purpose to hunt and kill dragons hunt and kill dragons (laughs) to protect their food supply more or less But then Mm. once they found that the dragons weren't taking the food for themselves, that Mm -hmm. they didn't need that much food, they were able to cohabitate, Mm -hmm. that they're more like big flying dog things. Right. (laughs) Dog, cat, flying monster things. Right. Yeah. That they can just live there as useful pets and modes of transportation. It's like the invention of going from horseback to cars you go from boats <laughs> to dragons <laughs> right. a little bit more extreme but i mean it works that's true yeah in the second one they find all these other civilizations and there's other dragon hunters mm-hmm. that were like how they used to be well they weren't hunting to kill they were hunting to train as an army right yeah the one guy he he was just really crazy yeah he thought he was the alpha right and and he had lost an arm to the whole mm-hmm. thing. And that one really gets dark. It because, really does. you know, like, the bad guy's alpha kills their big alpha. Mm-hmm. And then Toothless accidentally kills... Stoic. Stoic. But if they find they find Hiccup's mom right. living amongst the dragons. So you're like, that's a good story. The family's back together. But you know. Right. Anytime a family gets back together, 
they're not gonna be together long. Yeah, yeah. That's I, how you move a story along? I really wasn't expecting it though, because DreamWorks up until that point wasn't really about killing off major characters. Mm-hmm. You know, and having a DreamWorks movie with more of a weight to it mm-hmm. was very new for the time well it kind of made sense too because if you really think about it hiccup couldn't do anything until stoic was gone that's true so in order to further the story for a third movie yeah he had to become chief yeah and as heart-wrenching as that whole entire scene was because you can't be mad at hiccup for being mad at toothless right because he didn't mean to do it he was being controlled by right but he still did it therefore i mean in that moment you you just kind of go you did it you're like well i didn't mean to i know but you still did it you know like (laughs) you're still a one yeah and they have to use the babies which is hilarious oh to oh i forgot about because they don't listen to anybody right which is why they could use them against the alpha yeah Mm -hmm. and just be able to get to toothless long enough to wake him up Mm -hmm. and i love that his mom knows so much more about dragons than they do right and just shows them like new stuff that yeah like oh you're a young night fury blah blah blah. this is what you can do and and, like presses that part on his neck that like makes his fins like sprout out or something i like like how toothless was excited about that he was like what is that (laughs) yeah i didn't even know i could do that i thought that was funny yeah i really love pretty much every aspect of Mm -hmm. pretty much the whole world of how to train your dragon Mm -hmm. just from like the viking culture i mean i guess it's pseudo viking culture because it's based on like a fictional version of their lore i mean they talk about you know the uh, the norse gods of like odin Odin and 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 all Mm -hmm. that stuff they definitely i I think exaggerate the legendary aspects yeah it's kind of loosely based right yeah i mean of course dragons yes and no <laughs> i mean yeah yeah people think that maybe dinosaurs were actually dragons i mean it's possible things were misconstrued and we don't really know what things look like we only have parts of their bones right and the skeletons of those are heavily exaggerated mm-hmm. like if you really look into how many bones we've found of dinosaurs like for a complete skeleton they're guessing yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. There was the recent study that they think the T-Rex might have been a dragon because its right. little short arms are very similar to that of an ostrich, which has wings. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't really know. Dragons might have been dinosaurs, although it would have been really difficult for the brachiosauruses and stuff to fly. Well, but... I'm, I'm sure the ones that didn't look like birds, like the right. four, <laughs> four foot guys, like they... Right. <laughs> the sauropods and the, the, yeah. the triceratopses and the topsises the the ones with the the feet <laughs> not not like the talent <laughs> right no, you know, no 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 yeah the, the plant eaters mostly mostly yeah yeah but i mean i still think that's that's kind of cool because that does play into the fact that maybe dragons did exist and maybe we're not far from this being a reality you know what i mean like obviously it's not real but <laughs> you know you change the timeline just a little bit and maybe dragons and people did exist in a in a particular timeline in a place that didn't exist but <laughs> it would be cool to think that you know <laughs> look yeah. i'm stretching here i like the idea of of people and dragons together and and riding on the back of dragons even though i'm afraid of heights well you did get to ride on the back of a banshee 
I did. Oh, that was so much fun. And that's Avatar's version of dragons. That's true. Just alien dragons. I'm all right with it. Look, I... So it's it's funny because I really honestly thought, and I kind of hope because I know Universal is going to have a How to Train Your Dragon spot. Yeah, area. I'm hoping they have a ride similar to the Flight of Passage that Disney has in Pandora because... That moment, I honestly thought, I'm afraid of heights. I realize this isn't actually heights, but it's so, such a huge simulation that you're just in it. When you put those goggles on and you're just seeing this massive screen and your little banshee seat that you're sitting in is moving, you forget that you're on a ride. You're just in it. Yeah, and and the fact that it, quote unquote, breathes while you're riding on it. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, I just have to remember next time to wear contacts instead of my glasses Mm. because of course it it wasn't totally focusing correctly on my face well it didn't help that you know we were still pandemic and had the masks so i was getting fogged up and that was messing up the vision too but what i loved was that after i got over the initial shock of what we were doing and the banshees leapt off from the side of the cliff and just took off I leaned into it and I went with it the entire time. And I'm like, this is really weird for me. I don't normally like heights. Normally I would, I might scream a little and just kind of be freaked out. But as it got further along and we were like turning and and whatnot, I was like fully into it. Right. And so there's a part of me that's like, if Universal made a how to train your dragon Mm -hmm. ride and it was similar to Flight of Passage, you would get your own dragon to ride and i just think how cool it would be if like you did the whole toothless thing flew straight up oh yeah and then he just drops oh yeah i mean granted my heart would sink and i probably (laughs) wouldn't scream but (laughs) i don't know i might be into it yeah that's probably one of my favorite parts of that first movie Mm -hmm. is when he goes on that test Mm -hmm. with the new new saddle and everything he's got that he was able to help toothless fly again Mm-hmm. And he's got his cheat sheet, and he's trying to get it right. And he's like three, no four, uh, uh no f- three, and <laughs> ends up accidentally unhooking from the saddle. Mm-hmm. So both of them are kind of helpless because Toothless can't fly without right. without him. Kind of his fault. Yeah, and 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 Hiccup can't fly either. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> so yeah, they're falling, and they just make it. Mm-hmm. And the music for that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Every time I'm just so excited and it it always tears me up at the end shout out to composer john powell on that one Mm -hmm. he does a lot of good movies that i had to look him up because the name doesn't ring as much as like john williams right or well john williams yeah Yeah. (laughs) alan silvestri right yeah uh Uh, lynn manuel miranda right now Yeah. yeah yeah he's one of the newer ones uh danny elfman Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does stuff yeah look him up he's done a lot of the movies that you know mm-hmm. but you just don't think about but you know you like the music too right they're not like the iconic ones that john williams has but it's a really good one that's just like a really powerful like uplifting sort of mm-hmm. score that fits the tone perfect oh yeah and I do like that moment because when he finally reattaches himself to Toothless, he's got the cheat sheet, but he's like, if I don't just do it and feel it, right. we're gonna die. So yeah. he just like, let's go. <laughs> right. I like that. I think that's fun. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of dragon from the series? Because they really expand out on it 
Yeah. Um, even even the ones that are just in the books that they never really brought out, except when they got to the Netflix shows, mm-hmm. they really expanded on those and put them in there. Although the animation quality definitely went down. Right. <laughs> well, I also have the How to Train Your Dragon app on my phone. And it's like a match game, but oh, you do yeah. get to raise dragons and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, they have all of the breeds in there, don't they? They do. They do. I think my favorite, if I don't pick Night Fury, because obviously I love Toothless, <laughs> it is probably either the Skrill. They're not in the movie. Right. Um, but they. I, I remember they were in the book. Yes, they were yeah. in the book. I do like them, or I like the... Um, I have several that I like. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, so the... I think I had it right, the Skrill. Oh, that looks like one of the bad guys ones from the third. I think it was. That were all controlled by the acid drip on their spine. Yeah, kind of. Well, no, that's a different one. Uh, The Sky Pirate, that's what they named this one. I think it's actually called something else. Oh. Sorry, Whispering Death. Oh, yeah. Sky Pirate's its name, but it's called Whispering (laughs) Death. Whispering Death. Whispering. I liked Fishlegs as his friend, the bigger kid. Oh, that, that yeah. That knew all the stats mm-hmm. on, on all the dragons. <laughs> and he was just like listing them off, like repeating them from memory. Just like, armor six, eyesight 13. Right. <laughs> okay. One you were thinking of were these guys. Oh, okay. These are, yeah, don't even try to pronounce that name. It is the Death Grippers. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other one, he, this one's actually really cool. Oh, gosh. Uh, this one is the Thunder Drum. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really do like the same uh, one oh, as the Cloud, Cloud Jumper. Jumper. Yeah. Yeah, those are actually called uh, Storm Cutters. Oh. Yeah, that's the actual... That's the name. I feel like I know a lot because obviously I play this game, therefore I know species and stats. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I really don't. But they also, in this game, have a lot of, like, I guess you would call them mixed breeds. So, like, you've got this. Oh, yeah, you can put others together. Yeah, so, like, this one, they call it the Death Burple. I'd I'd probably call them hybrids. Yeah, that's probably a better name for it. But, yeah, that's called the Death Burple. Okay. So, it's the one that, it's the species. Yeah, they have the the quills that they shoot out of their tail. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Deadly Adder? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's also the one that, the other guy that. Oh, that, uh. Gobber. Gobber, yes. His big <laughs> lump of meat, essentially, yeah. <laughs> is what it was. I, I like that they flew them like they were on choppers. Mm-hmm. That was kind of funny. He was just like, brr. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you just gotta lay there? And he's like, yeah. yeah, pretty much. But yeah, they've got a lot of new ones. Like This is a, called a triple strike. Oh, wow. So I'm assuming the Netflix series got some more species of dragon that they found, and therefore it incorporates it into the game. So, oh, okay. So yeah, I have several that I like, but I find the ones I like the most tend to have a lot of sharp, pointy teeth. <laughs> Not just a couple, but like a lot of them. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't say you have one favorite? No, I, I don't think so. I, because... When I think about, if I'm thinking about just the movies, so obviously we all know and love Toothless, but then you've got Astrid's little, um... Oh yeah, Stormfly. Yeah, Stormfly, which cute little personality on Mm -hmm. on that dragon. Kind of like a giant chicken. Yeah, but almost like, so I guess Toothless is more cat-like in a way. Yeah. And then that would make Stormfly a little bit more dog-like because Stormfly loves to go run and catch things and comes back. and that's true. And when Astrid, when they uh, find the guy, Astrid's like sit or protect or whatever oh, and yeah. she, you know stormfly just sits down on him 
Like, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so very obedient, I guess. But that may be because of Astrid, too. That's true. So. <laughs> yeah, she, she's probably better at dragon training mm-hmm. once she actually tries to do it. Right. Well, I mean, she's got to be the best at everything. Yeah. That's just what she does. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand people who need to be the best at everything. Yeah, I have no idea what you mean about that. <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> what are you looking at? Oh, it's just getting the list of the voice actors. You pretty much have seen everybody in the cast. Mm-hmm. You you hear Jay Baruchel pretty much easily Im- immediately. He has a very distinctive voice. Yeah, from top to bottom, all of the voices in this are actors in real life too. They're not just voice actors. Right. T.J. Miller and mm. Kristen Wiig were brother oh. and sister in it, and she changed her voice a lot. She did. I did not know that was Kristen Wiig. Yeah. You can tell that it's McLovin. That's mm-hmm. Fish Legs. I know he doesn't want to be referred to that at all of his life, but at the time, he was known just as being McLovin. Right. I'm glad you said that, because honestly, if you just said his name, I have no idea who you're talking about. So when you said McLovin, I was like, oh, I know oh, that. yeah. So. Yeah. See, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, and uh, America Ferrera, a lot mm-hmm. of people know her from her TV shows. The older guys, you know, Gerard Butler's mm-hmm. Stoic, and Gobber is Craig Ferguson. I think that was my favorite, because didn't, he was the one that had the late night show, right? Or has a late night show? I believe he still has it. Okay. And I think about the time this came out, he'd either just gotten it or hadn't quite started yet or something. I don't remember exactly but when I heard his voice, I was like, oh my gosh, I know who that is. And that's really funny that he's th- this character with literally a rock as a tooth, switches out his hand, and sometimes his foot, depending on what he needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- I really like Gobber. And I like that Hiccup loses a leg at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but the fact that he unintentionally, permanently wounded Toothless. Mm-hmm. And then unintentionally lost a leg seemed fair. Right. Well, and I think it's funny because I know we just recently watched it. And I don't know why it had never dawned on me. But Hiccup was the reason Toothless couldn't fly. And they glossed over that. Like, hopefully you wouldn't notice that, you know, uh, Toothless could fly before just fine. Right. And now all of a sudden he's missing a fin. Yeah. There was no, like scar or anything to show that something had happened right it was just he was missing that wing at the right. end of his tail yeah yeah and so i was like wait that means hiccup grounded a dragon mm-hmm. like permanently which would have eventually killed it i don't know why that was the first time it really hit me that that's what he did and they glossed over the fact that right. that's what had happened but then of course toothless saves hiccup from falling falling and in doing so ends up losing his leg on the opposite side of toothless's fin i think so it's kind of like they're together they make a hole because they're missing the opposite sides no, i think they're both on the left actually are they i always thought it was the opposite side because when hiccup was putting the fin on it was facing us as he was stretching it out which would have been toothless's oh no it would have been toothless's left wouldn't it if you're facing forward yeah that's his left you right all right so they both lost a left something so they're all right 
Wow. Yeah, I feel bad about that. (laughs) I love that as the movies went on, he was trying to teach the world around him to be less fearful, less Mm -hmm. ready to kill. Where's the hiccup in our world? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's what a lot of movies, especially animated movies, since they're usually more directed towards kids, Mm. they... To be the light. Right. They they want to show, even in a fictional world, the possibility of thinking differently. Right. And it actually working out okay. Mm-hmm. I think the more people give that a chance, they'll see that the darker parts of themselves and of the culture are mostly just fear. Right. And I think, yeah, everything kind of stems from fear, I think. But I, th- I think what I love is just that there's, especially that iconic moment of, of Hiccup reaching out to Toothless. Oh, yeah. So that is a huge step in trust of something that has no reason to trust him. Right. Whatsoever. I mean, if I was Toothless, I'd go, you are the person who grounded me. Mm-hmm. I should eat you. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I do. I'm a dragon. I should eat you. But instead, they connect on a level together and you can tell it's a good moment because of how many movies have recreated that scene yeah very much like titanic when you know i'm king of the world you know everybody does that more of a spoof but it's still a scene that everyone remembers and there are so many new movies where a person or human-like being is reaching out to another species right and they just just trusting yeah they have to look away just holding out their hand, waiting mm-hmm. for the other creature just to boop. Yeah, boop their hand, pretty much. <laughs> we can settle the world's problems with one head boop. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> one solid head boop. Yeah, I, I like the whole montage of them uh, learning about each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really quick, but if you pause the movie right when it shows what toothless was actually drawing on the ground with that giant stick Mm -hmm. if you reorient the drawing it looks like hiccup oh (laughs) you mean like spin it around and whatnot yeah like it it looks like his face sort of like like his profile kind of a picasso type thing well Uh, toothless is very abstract obviously (laughs) (laughs) that's true which movie is your favorite i think the first one really yeah i appreciated the second and third one for what they were Mm -hmm. i haven't watched much of the shows i think i tried watching a few episodes of Mm -hmm. one of them and it's okay but it's it's just kind of like i didn't feel as much for it as i did the movies well it's hard it's not like you said the animation quality is significantly less it's not the same actors they're trying to be like them but they're not it's nice to expand the world with the series, mm-hmm. but I think out of the main three, yeah, I like the first one most. Uh, even though the second and third one showed new abilities each time mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of those cool little upgrades in <laughs> DLCs. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that, that you get to learn more about Toothless, you learn more about all the dragons, you find more dragons, but just the feeling of the first one. There's a lot of movies like that where the first is not necessarily the best, 
of the trilogy or whatever, you get that sense of newness with it every time you watch it. Even though you've seen it over and over and over, it's like, oh, I remember the first time I watched this. It was so cool. I would have to say, though, that my favorite is the second one. Yeah. I think mostly because I like the fact that Hiccup's mom lived with the dragons. Oh, yeah. And she took care of them because the alpha was there and the alpha took care of them. And her relationship with Cloud Jumper. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she was like the adopted human of this dragon <laughs> clan. I'm like, let it be me. I want to do that. Right. You know? So I thought that was cool. She's like, I know all these things and I protect the dragons and Cloud Jumper and I go around and we rescue them from these trappers and, you know, free them, liberating dragons, you know? Right. She's like a, a, a dragon activist. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> much like Hiccup was, but to a much more extreme because she knows the extreme right. that Hiccup doesn't know yet. I did like that it retconned the whole thing of a dragon killing his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, what they just assumed because Cloud Jumper took her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Stoic, of course, fearing dragons. Mm-hmm. Going back to that whole idea of all the violence based on fear. Right. Once they figure out oh, wait, they don't mean to kill us. Right. They just need the food or they'll get killed. Exactly. And I love the idea that the second one shows the other side of the coin. So you've got Stoic's perception of dragons being bad. They must be killed. They destroyed his family, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Where you've got, you know, his mom. But she's like, no, I I went with Cloud Jumper. She, She took me... Uh, with her to show me her alpha and all that. Who played Hiccup's mom? Kate Blanchett. Valka. And then she flies on a dragon like a Valkyrie. Ha. Ha. I bet that's what the root of her name is. Mm-hmm. Valka. Valka. That's mm-hmm. cool. That is kind of cool, especially because she then does fly on a dragon, much like the Valkyrie fly on those horses. They're they're flying horses, Pegasuses. Right. <laughs> so, pe- Pegasus? Pegasus? Maybe it's like deer, and it's just Pegasus. Well, to be fair, they only fly on one at a time, so it would be they fly on their Pegasus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and the bad guy mm-hmm. from the second one was Drago. Drago. Right. I remember now. Yeah, the second and third ones really opened up the world of How to Train Your Dragon to all these other philosophies, I guess. Mm-hmm. One who wanted to pretty much subjugate all dragons into working for him and him just taking over the world. Very crazy-like, based on fear and hate. And then the third one was about controlling all the dragons through chemical brainwashing, mm-hmm. which was very dark. Yeah, that was definitely a dark part but of it. That they felt that the world wasn't safe for dragons anymore, and thus making them find a new home for them and saying goodbye to these creatures that they had grown to love. Mm-hmm. They still got to go see them, of course, at the end of it, mm-hmm. but it was also a very sad ending for it because you also feel like, okay, this is kind of a fitting end to the trilogy. Well, I think what was really cool at the end is that Astrid and Hiccup take their kids to meet Toothless and his Light Fury. To meet their kids. Yeah. Like two families coming together, hopefully to create a new generation of dragon riders, or at least dragon appreciators. True. Because I think you go from fear, where you want to kill everything, to control. They're using it as transportation to living together. Yeah. 
and just, hey, some of them you do still ride and fly on or whatever, but that is not your goal to catch them all. They're not Pokemon. You know, <laughs> you you let them be free and then some of them you keep like pets. True. Kind of like that uh, little old lady who had all the little dragons. Oh, yeah. That oh, was she was so, that would be me. Yeah, she's my spirit animal. Okay. That's who I would be. If I was a character in the How to Train Your Dragon universe, I'd be that little old lady with all those tiny dragons <laughs> just living in her house like crazy. That's funny. Who would you be? I know, random question. <laughs> I honestly think I would be Hiccup. Yeah? Yeah. He feels very similar to how I think. Mm-hmm. And... I think I identify a lot with Hiccup because I feel like I think so differently from a lot of people around me. Mm. That makes sense. That's why they keep gesturing you need to change. All of this. All of this. <laughs> you you just pointed to all of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, yep, that's uh, that's about right. Ideally, I'd like to be the little old lady with dragons because, I mean, she just seemed happy. Like, she was like, fly away, have fun, do whatever. And she just feeds them all and she doesn't care. She loves them all. But I think if there was a character to identify with, it would definitely be Astrid in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that bonds us together. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Is, little bit. <laughs> is a few of these uh, relationships. We see a lot of similarries between them and us. And if they can make it work, <laughs> we, we can, can make, make it work. work. <laughs> yeah, because animation and real life are totally the same thing. That's That's right? exactly true. Although I will say, I do like the third one because <laughs> i think about toothless trying to impress this light fury oh yeah and he has no idea the mating ritual of a right. a night fury yeah he has no idea and and neither does hiccup but he's like giving him thumbs up like, like yeah Good oh, job, always a wingman <laughs> <laughs> and you're just going and I, and I love that here's toothless going okay you've got a partner you've got a partner you've got a partner mm-hmm. this is what you do let me try that that's what you do let me try that so right. now toothless is in his own little weird element of i haven't got a clue <laughs> right yeah because they think that all the night furies have been killed mm-hmm. that they're all gone somehow but apparently the guy in the third one had been hunting night furies right so i mean that would be why yeah and that toothless would be the last night fury but then he didn't count on the fact that there were light furies right so i guess i'm assuming not only because she's a white dragon but maybe she tends to fly more during the day to blend in with the clouds than she does at night so that she doesn't stick out as much so she's a light maybe their species name is just furies Oh, yeah. And they're associating night and light as their color. That would make sense. Because I, I always thought that was weird, too. And they're like, oh, it's a light fury. And I'm like, well, she's not a completely different species. Well, of course, they're learning about these new species as they go. Right. So they're making new discoveries and just kind of naming them on the spot. Kind of like how scientists do mm-hmm. in, in our world. And they use Latin. Right. So instead, <laughs> like we have these weird names... As mm-hmm. opposed to their weird names. Right. And it makes sense because, you know, since no one had ever seen a Night Fury and all they know is they could hear it and then it would create this, you know, it would destroy something and then disappear to them. It only happens at night and they never see it. So right. it's Fury is in what it's doing. It's this thing that's attacking them at night. So it got the name Night Fury. And so clearly a white version of the same dragon would be a white fury. 
<laughs> right. I mean, it, I think they should just call them theories, but whatever. <laughs> I just think it was cute that when, when they had little baby dragons, they were black and white. Mm-hmm. They were like little spotted Dalmatian dragons. <laughs> that was cute. And that was adorable. And they were goofy. I get so wrapped up in the movies that I don't think about whose voice is that and who's that. Right. So I just kind of like, okay, that's this character. Cool. Yeah, I, I feel like it's funny that so many characters were from that super bad, this is the end group. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Jay Baruchel, Christopher Mintzplatz, and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. They were, well, Jonah Hill and McLovin, they were both in Superbad together, Mm -hmm. and Jonah and Jay were We're in in This Is The End. It's just funny to think that it's T.J. Miller from Deadpool. Right. Yeah, T.J. Miller for a while was making a lot of movies, but then he kind of made the mistake of, I think it was a bomb threat? Oh no. Yeah. Like he was joking about it? Well, I think he actually called one in. Oh wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what exactly happened with him. Mm-hmm. I try not to look too much into celebrity scandals. Right, because you never know what's true and what's not. Right. I just know that for a while he wasn't doing much. And I think it's what actually made his character so short-lived in that one Transformers movie he was in. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. It was the one with the... Mark Wahlberg. Oh, 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 And, oh. and that one mm-hmm. guy shows up and blows up the place and pretty much just turns him into metal. Mm. Yeah, it's really kind of graphic and sad and unexpected. I, yeah, I, we'll have to do a whole other episode on Transformers and how awesome and then disappointing they were. <sighs> yeah. And then awesome they kind of were again. Yeah. I've, I've I mean. Never, I've never oh. been big on the Transformers franchise. See, I was, though. And I was very sad. I'm like, they got bought out by Chevy and Ford. And I'm like, but Bumblebee's a beetle. (laughs) So they made up for it in Bumblebee. I did like Bumblebee. Bumblebee was good. But whole other episode. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's a lot to uh, break down in the Transformers disappointing universe. Yeah. As far as the new land goes. Oh, yeah. Universal. In in Universal. Mm -hmm. I am very much looking forward to being immersed in the land of Burke. I know. Apparently there's also going to be a, I would say an homage roller coaster to the Dueling Dragons from Islands. No. Um, It's it's supposed to be a racing type roller coaster where they go off at the same time and try to get back faster. I really did not like Dueling Dragons. I think it was the one coaster you got me on and I'm like, nope, mm -mm, nope. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was Very early in our relationship, too. Yeah, you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I really don't like the coaster. I really don't like coasters, but I don't like when my feet hang. I I think I found out the hard way on the Batman ride at Six Flags, and then it just kind of, like, confirmed it on Dueling Dragons. One, I don't see anything on a roller coaster because I'm just screaming as loud as I can with my eyes closed, gripping on for dear life, hoping (laughs) I don't die somehow. Um, And then the ride's over and then I can't move. (laughs) Like my legs are jelly and I'm like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah, I I never understood the idea of closing your eyes while you're on a roller coaster. Like, does it really help? It's not to help. It's a reaction. <laughs> it's a, I don't want to see this because I'm going to die. <laughs> and 
and then you just scream because it's the only verbal sound you can ma- you can make in, without in dis- being thrown out of the park after you get off the ride. I mean, I might say some things that I, I can't say, regardless. But we're going so fast, and they're muffled in my screams that maybe no one will catch what I said. <laughs> we are going so fast that the words that come out of my mouth have already passed the coaster by the time anyone hears it. <laughs> You know, like a cartoon. It just sits there and then we go around it. So it's fine. No, I I don't know why I do that. It's just kind of a a gut reaction of I close my eyes and I scream. Yeah. When anything frightens me like that. I have a weird fight or flight response. (laughs) It's mostly freeze. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of possibility in having an area of Burke. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of what exactly you would be able to do there well they better have a small spot where you can pet the baby dragons um like a petting zoo because i want to pet the baby. oh they probably have like a dragon experience like yeah they do with with Blue. jurassic park and yeah. stuff oh that would be awesome because all they would really have to do is kind of like the the shrek and donkey experience and mm-hmm. just have toothless right That's there true. they could repurpose the sick triceratops exhibit Aww. from jurassic park and just the big Oh, the gobbers dragon? Yeah. Just sitting there sleeping? Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, you and it's breathing oh, and sleeping. Oh, I bet you that's what you'll get to walk through, is you'll get to walk through the, the workshop. Oh, yeah. And see all of Hiccup's inventions. Yeah, that'll be part of the big queue line, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then you'll probably walk through, like, where Hiccup and Stoic lived. You may even get to walk through, like, the ice cave where his mom lived. And then... I'm assuming somewhere either on the ride or in the queue line, you'll see one of the alpha dragons, like the big guys. Oh, yeah. That would be, I would just be in it to see the dragons and the animatronics. That's all I'm ever usually in it for. (laughs) But it might be cool if they had a similar ride to like Spider-Man or something. Oh, yeah. If they don't have like a flight of passage type ride. Yeah. If they did something more like a moving kind of ride. Unfortunately, I feel like we're being kind of inundated with those sort of rides just because that technology has really taken off mm-hmm. as something more palatable to a lot a larger audience. Right. But it's like, also more immersive too. Well that too. Just the fact that you are willing to get on it as someone who doesn't really like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, oh, I actually have something to look at. Mm-hmm. I guess they're progressing it to merge more with roller coasters with the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Epcot. I kind of am excited to see what Universal is going to do with Burke. Like, are they going to have pieces of rock with dragons just kind of staring down at you while you oh, walk yeah. by? Kind of like in, you know, in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. You you walk through and you've got the buildings and you've got the mm-hmm. snow and you've got everything that's interactive. Right. And I think everyone's kind of moving to that interactiveness in the park in general. Mm-hmm. At Disney in uh, Batu, there's so much interactive right. stuff now, which is not something Disney used to do until the Wizarding World of Harry Potter came around yeah. and started interacting with things. It's like, oh, now there's fun and magic everywhere. Yeah, I think once Universal upped their game to mm-hmm. be more of a immersive experience by like actually transporting you into Mm -hmm. that world i think it started more with islands of adventure Mm -hmm. where you stepped into the marvel island you were on the streets of a marvel city right you go over to jurassic park 
you're in Jurassic oh, Park. That's so awesome. Seuss Landing, even. Like, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're walking mm-hmm. through and everything's bendy and cartoony. Yeah, and I usually whack my arm on a railing somewhere. Because in... they don't follow straight Because lines. they're not straight. And apparently neither do I, but my lines don't curve with the Seuss lines. <laughs> they go the opposite direction. <laughs> but the fact that you feel like you're in the space mm-hmm. that they say you're in, instead of just like, oh, this is Adventureland, this is Tomorrowland. Right. These are types of worlds, mm-hmm. but they're not like a place. Well, you even get that experience at just Universal, um, not Islands of Adventure, because you're walking through like New York and, yeah, and all but, that well, stuff, and you feel like the back lots kind of feel. Well, and... you feel like you're on a movie set, which right. is accurate to mm-hmm. Universal Studios, because right. I imagine at one time those large stages were actually used as well, uh, sets. We did the back lots tour when we were in L.A., Oh, yeah. And it was very much like that because yeah. we actually got to drive through the good place. They filmed things out there when it was just studios and they built the park around it. Right, right, right. Whereas with Orlando, I think... They were trying to recreate it without having the actual nest. Right. I think the Nickelodeon Studios was still there. Mm, oh, is that where it was? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's blocked off from view and entrances and stuff like that but if you stand in the right place you're able to see it oh i didn't know that yeah i i don't know if maybe they've torn it down from Mm. the time that i saw that you could see it still (laughs) (laughs) many moons ago (laughs) right but as far as i know the nicktoons building or nickelodeon studios building is still there okay I think my favorite part about Universal is that they do focus on the immersive. When you step into Islands of Adventure, like you said, you go from literally Seuss to now Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, you still have a little bit of the Lost Continent. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That might be updating soon anyway. Well, right. But even in the Lost Continent, even though it's not based on anything right now, mm-hmm. you still feel like you're there. You've yeah. got all these, you know, mythical creatures and Zeus and Poseidon and blah, yeah. blah, blah, that you're like, this is really cool. And then you go into Wizarding World of Harry Potter and you can get your butterbeer and you can yeah. talk to people and they're talking about wands like it's not a big deal. Yeah, you always feel like you're in Hogsmeade. Right. And then cross the bridge, you look to the castle to your right. And then you look straight ahead, and it's the gates of Jurassic Park. Yeah. With the flames, as long as they're all working. They haven't been. (laughs) Um, And I remember, for me, that was the coolest moment, because I had seen those gates for so long. And granted, it's not as big. Yeah, and now that they've updated it to be more Jurassic World, they have that secondary bridge Mm -hmm. that you can... Gives you to Jurassic World. Right. Yeah. So they, they are definitely trying to keep up with it. And of course, as you're walking through, you can see dinosaurs. You do have the meets and greets with Blue. And when we were in L.A., they had the Triceratops oh, roaming yeah. around, which was really cool. So I imagine if they're going along with that style the way they do, because of course, after Jurassic Park, Kong, Skull Island. So things kind of shift a little bit. Oh, yeah. We yeah. It's just that. a larger jungle area i guess but you do still feel it still feels different than jurassic park you feel like you've stepped out of jurassic park into something else maybe yeah, not a on, lot but onto it, Skull Island. right it, it's still kind of like a mini area because mm-hmm. all it really has is that is one the ride, ride. Mm-hmm. and then toon lagoon mm-hmm. that's more it feels the most theme parky 
out of them all. Yeah, well, but see, the the Marvel side now is the comic strip Marvels, even though it's right. still immersive. It's not like a real land. In yeah. like, it doesn't feel like real life. You feel like you've stepped on a comic strip. That's true. Which is kind of cool because there was nothing cooler than walking through like the Daily Bugle. That yeah. was awesome. But I think thinking of how Universal does that with their epic universe. That's coming. That's coming. And the fact that they're going to have a how to train your dragon area. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like walking into Burke. I'm assuming the first thing you're going to see is like some big welcome to Burke sign with a dragon sitting on it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It'd be funny to have something that looks very Viking made. Mm-hmm. Kind of shoddy perhaps. Yeah. Or perhaps being held up by the sheep. <laughs> that would be funny. They're just like standing up on the posts. Yeah. Or the little dragons or something to that effect. And all I'm saying is if they miss out on an opportunity to make a statue of a zippleback one with a fog machine and the other with just like a little spark. <laughs> that's a great opportunity to like scare people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like funny. that would be awesome to like walk up and at certain times, kind of like in Diagon Alley, you would see the smoke come out of the zipple back. Oh yeah. And be like, oh, oh, is this the time? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that would be funny. But yeah, there's um, so many great opportunities. To to have a chance to be matched with your own dragon. Oh I think it'll be really amazing the way that they're gonna build because i just imagine if one if you're calling the park epic universe yeah if it isn't not in fact epic <laughs> like epic universe not so epic meh, you're gonna see a lot of that epic universe isn't very epic or oh yeah epic falls short you right. know yeah apparently the whole park is supposed to be huge epic yeah <laughs> You know, I have to say that the entire time we're there. I'd be like, this is so epic. Right. It's rumored that they're going to have a hotel that's pretty much in the park. Okay. That will have early access to Mm -hmm. it just because they have their own gate. Right. It's going to be this amazing new area that it'll actually be connected to the rest of the parks by their own road. It'll be like those roads that lead you around the larger disney world area okay that don't really lead anywhere else but disney resorts and parks oh okay where the signs are all purple like (laughs) they're different but if they live up to the standard of at least islands of adventure Mm -hmm. this place is going to be amazing i'm yeah not to mention the fact that it's an entirely new park with cutting edge technology that can be built throughout that can make it an entirely immersive experience like all the other parks none of them have been built in the last what 20 years right it's all been remodeled or added on or refurbished or right like the the last new park that we really got aside from water parks and stuff like that was i think animal kingdom yeah that was a while ago yeah And it's been a long time since Islands of Adventure opened. Right. And they still look great. Mm -hmm. But I'm just excited to see what new technology they can bring to this park that can be integrated throughout the entire experience. Right. And I think it's kind of brilliant, too, in, in this era where they've seen how their park works. They see what people like. And they bought a plot of land and they went, okay, so what makes sense? Instead of saying, well, if we added on to this area and then made a little walkway over here, people could get to it from that park. They just went, here's a plot of land. Mm -hmm. How do we want to map it out? Right. Instead of trying to 
work with what you have, they have a blank page to start from. And I think I'm hoping, hoping that it will make the most sense of all theme parks to walk around. I'm a little concerned in the sense that they have that like central fountainy thing and everything just kind of like sprouts off off from the side. It's not going to be easy to... Well, it's that whole (laughs) central hub spoke design Mm -hmm. that I think Islands of Adventure was missing Mm-hmm. Was the ability to cross the middle of the park? Yeah, to that's get to true. the other side. Like if you're over in Lost Continent and you want to go walk. over to yeah. Toon Lagoon or Marvel, you've got kind of a walk ahead of you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. My my only concern when they have those like centralized areas is just because they're the centralized area, you have to go back to them mm. to get to the next place. Yeah. So there's a lot of people going out, coming in, going out. I think in. it'll be the most similar to Magic Kingdom because they have their Main Street USA in the middle. Yeah. And everything kind of leads off from there. That's true. But I think what they're <laughs> kind of going for is... Magic Kingdom, but better. Ooh, them's fighting words. But yes. You know I love Disney. I know. I got nothing wrong with Disney. I love Magic Kingdom. It's essential to anyone's first time to Disney. Because it's basically Disneyland, but in Orlando. Right. It's Disney World's Disneyland. But it is also very theme parky. Like, it isn't especially immersive. In spots. Yeah, there are, there, there are certain areas where they try to transport you back to mm-hmm. a certain time, to a certain setting, a certain place. But again, it still rides. It's like an area, but then rides that right. will do that for you. And, and the people working there are cast members. They don't seem like they're from the land. Right. They're just working there <laughs> right yeah they're disney cast members which is great if you need to identify somebody but when you're in batu it's a totally different experience because they talk like they live in star wars yeah they dress they i mean everything yeah the imperial officers they yeah. actually act like they're above you let me tell you when we got on that uh the smut was it smugglers run and like no, they were, no, that that was Rise of Resistance. Was it Rise of Resistance? Yeah, they, they were they... they were like you weren't listening, were you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they're being oh, okay. Yeah, they they, they were like, we actually get to be snarky, and we're at Disney. This yeah. is awesome. They're like, who likes to be mean? Raise your hand. We know where we're putting you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. We're the happiest place on earth, and I could be mean-ish to people. <laughs> Okie dokie. I'm in. <laughs> but yeah, I think. I'm kind of hoping they do that in Epic Universe where people are in the land. I mean, Universal does a great job of that, though, because oh, yeah. in Harry Potter, they're they're like that. In Jurassic Park, everybody's like a Jurassic Park employee, right. which actually works out really well because they're Universal employees. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. They Jurassic play the part. Park, it's funny that Jurassic Park is meant to be a theme park. So At a theme park. It's a theme park in a theme park. Yeah. So meta. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it so much. But no, I do I do really like that, and I think Universal does a great job, and I'm super looking forward to, you know, dragon meet and greets, and seeing all the dragons out and about, just probably statues, or hidden in trees, or who knows what, but still. Yeah, I feel like it'll be pretty interactive. I don't know how exactly they'll get you to be able to interact with each of these things, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there will be areas where you can stand in front of stuff Mm -hmm. and it'll move 
but I feel like it's going to be the next level of immersion Mm -hmm. at parks. I'm actually really excited for it because if it's anything like Pandora was for me, I'm never going to leave. You'll never find (laughs) me. I'm going to jump in a bush and I'm going to stay there until the park closes. (laughs) I I said the same thing when I first went to Hogsmeade. I was like, I never want to leave here. Where's the nearest door I can hide behind? Right, yeah. Yeah, like... I'll just live here. You don't have to pay me. Right. Your your gift to me is letting me live here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that'll be amazing when it finally is like, finished. And like the next, I think it says it's going to open in 2024? I thought it was 2025. I think they bumped it up. They, they probably have had an increase in production and construction. Mm. So they've been able to step up the pace. That'd be cool. But it should, I, I don't, yeah, I'm going first year. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Life savings gone. No, right. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be difficult, I'm sure. That'll be cool, though. Yeah. But thanks for listening to this week's episode. Next week. We're there, not here. There is no episode. This is the end of season one of Geeky Dinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're taking the month of April off, but we will be back in May. Of course, May the 4th. Yep, we'll be starting it off with Star Wars. Yeah, after that, I'm sure we'll talk about Doctor Strange, since that'll be coming out in May as well. Mm-hmm. We might change our platform a little bit to be more of the current events, if we can. Right. Um, uh, we've, we have heard that some of you would like to hear some daily fandom news, or weekly fandom news of what's going on. This week in the fandom news. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah just like geeky news of the week. We can probably look into that more. Yeah, we're definitely going to kind of change things up a bit, but we wanted to give it give a bit of a break for ourselves as well as for you guys to catch up on episodes. If you've missed any, because I know sometimes weekly, it's hard to keep up with something weekly right. in today's world. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on. So yeah, yeah, but we hope to see you next season. Thanks again for tuning in. We are, and will continue to be next season, Geeky, Geeky Dinks. Dinks.